0: So relevancy is like this secret weapon. When you want to create content, stop thinking like one size fits all for every customer and start thinking about making hyper relevant niche videos for each different type of persona in each of the places that they are in their buyer's journey. And before you know it, people are nodding along, they're getting excited, you're building the emotion for them and they're ready to buy once they go through your journey. The simple truth is that today,
1: just making great video is not enough. Effective video marketing is about creating the right video for the right person and using it in the right way online to move people to take the right action and therefore you're gonna get return on investment. So in today's episode of the engage video marketing podcast i'm geeking out on video strategy with the video marketing master todd hartley from wirebuzz you're gonna love this show so let's go this is the engage video marketing podcast helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling and marketing strategy as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business, episode 93 today. And it's all about the importance of two critical things in developing an effective video strategy, attention and relevance. Now, these are two words that after today's episode, I know you're going to think differently about when it comes to the videos that you use in your business or that you help your clients use in their business. But before we get into this episode, I wanna do a quick shout out to you that's right, you, the listener to this podcast, because we're nearing up to episode 100 of the podcast, and I want to invite some of you guys who listen to this show, guys and girls who listen to this show, um, onto the show with me. So if you want to join me for a quick chat, quick interview about you and what you do in your business uh, here on episode 100, then reach out to me. I'd love to. To hear from you. Please do so within about the next week after the release of this episode so we can get that scheduled out and recorded. Uh, just reach out to me, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com or on any of the social platforms, reach out to me. Just find me there, Ben Amos, and uh, let's connect. I can't wait to get you on the show. So let's get into the show today. Okay, so it's no surprise that I love video strategy and i love sharing about video strategy best practice and seeing what's working and strategizing approaches and of course delivering results through that for our clients so when one of the founding students in my online video strategy blueprint course a guy called thomas Hofflin from anymotion in sweden thomas if you're listening to this i know you listening to this show i want to thank you so thomas introduced me to today's guest and I immediately understood when I found out more about what this guest is all about that I had to get him on the show for you so my guest today is Todd Hartley CEO and founder of Wirebuzz, an award-winning video marketing agency based out of Arizona in the States he also hosts the video marketing mastery podcast so I highly recommend you're listening to that too um, it's one of my favorites list to listen to every week so importantly Todd is just a super smart video marketer and this conversation you're about to hear today I feel it'll become one of my all-time favorite interviews of this podcast so I won't keep you any longer let's jump right in to my interview with Todd Hartley from wirebuzz.com Todd Hartley welcome to the podcast
0: Oh, it's so awesome. Thanks for having me, Ben.
1: Yeah, it's a real honor to have you. And um, I'm a big fan of your podcast as well, Video Marketing Mastery. And, and I'm definitely going to shout that out and include that a link to that show in the, the podcast show notes for this one. Um, but I wanted to get you on today to to really explore the world of online video today and to go, to go to places that I feel that we haven't gone to in this podcast before. So really looking forward to this chat. But let's imagine that there's some people listening to this podcast who've never heard of Todd Hartley or Wirebuzz, your company before. Can you can you tell us your story? What kind of led you into the world of video and, and what you do today?
0: Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a digital marketer, first and foremost. Prior to opening Wirebuzz in 2010, I had a a 10-year very great run with uh, running digital in Hollywood for seven of America's largest national talk shows. And I got that job because in 1999, my first website – Uh, was a news site. It went crazy viral, generating 36 million unique visitors a year on zero advertising and zero marketing dollars. But the reason I stumbled into video is I started to realize when I was inside of the network's analytics that, and the audience, there was almost 100 million Americans engaging with with the website material. And I started to notice one basic trend in 2003, that video was getting 10 times the results of anything else we were doing. And I was already a search nerd and a content geek and understood conversions. And, and so I just was like, geez, if video is just crushing it. Why don't I start now? And when bandwidth becomes available, I'll have already planted my flag and people know me as the video guy. And sure enough, I just arrived way early on the video space and bandwidth wasn't there. And eventually customers started to get there. And now we're seeing that like 80 percent of all Internet traffic revolves around the consumption of online video and the transition that's going to play out over the next 10 or 15 years is every business is going to be communicating through video because it's significantly more persuasive you know that and that's why you and i nerd out on this topic together
1: yeah absolutely and let's nerd out a bit in this podcast but cool we um we actually started our business the same same year as you by the sounds of it two thousand and ten. Now for me, uh, you know, I've listened to this podcast to understand my story somewhat. That uh, you know, I started just in the wedding industry, so I started just producing right. videos in in weddings and burning to DVDs. And it took me a while longer than you um, to realize the the what was happening in the online video space or the potential for for that. So you know, that first mover advantage, that early mover advantage, has obviously uh, you know positioned you really well. You've obviously seen a lot of change in that time, though, I'm sure. So, you know, if you were to kind of sum up in in a few sentences, what's the the biggest shift that you've seen in the way businesses are using video online
0: in the early days as opposed to now? Yeah, in the early days, the businesses just looked at video like a commercial. We need a 30-second commercial that talks about our business. And now what we're really seeing is, and this is what I think is the most exciting part about where video marketing is heading. If you can create videos that lead to a sale and customers are four times more likely to watch video than to read text, and 82% of buyers say they don't wanna talk to sales until they're ready to make a decision, you know who just became the big baller boss of the entire sales process? Smart tactical video marketers. So what I'm seeing is now, for our clients, we're like the gurus on for billion dollar companies of how do we move larger numbers of people through their sales process and to do it in faster time. And I think that's where you and I and the rest of the industry is really headed. Yeah. And it's it's all about where attention
1: is online. Right? That's right. So that that key word of attention is something that I hear you talk about a lot as well. So, you know, what role does does attention play in not only the decision to use video in business, which I think we've made pretty clear that that's where attention is, but also in making decisions about how you use video
0: in business? Yeah, that's a great question. That's like an hour speech.
1: Yeah, let's, and, go.
0: Um, <laughs> let's do it. Right. So look, I have um, been quite public that that as a uh, child through my young adults, I struggled miserably with attention disorders. And now I'm walking around and I'm seeing a world of people that are just arriving to the same attention problems that I learned to overcome. So the way that you... Uh, the way that you hack into people's attention is the same way that Netflix or YouTube has attacked into people's attention. It's by creating videos that stimulate their brain and create a passive learning mechanism. And there's a reason why people are so drawn to video and the way it creates like a lean back experience so we can kind of watch, learn and be um, intrigued by it. But what keeps people... Involved in a video is, you know, there's momentum's momentum is important and messaging is important, but the big grand poobah of it all is how relevant is that content to the end user? So relevancy is like this secret weapon. When you want to create content, stop thinking like one size fits all for every customer and start thinking about making hyper relevant niche videos for each different type of persona in each of the places that they are in their buyer's journey. And before you know it, people are nodding along, they're getting excited, you're building the emotion for them and they're ready to buy once they go through your journey. Yeah, so
1: that idea of relevance there is is really interesting to me because I think for many in business when they're looking at crafting a message through video or otherwise, they tend to default towards the wider message that's going to appeal to, to the many, right? And, you know, as you're saying, particularly in the world of digital marketing and online video, that is
0: not the way they should be thinking about that. So. Well, you know, for years we thought it was, but the answers inside of the back end, your Google Analytics, You know, the answers are buried deep down in the analytics and the decisions of what marketers and businesses need to be doing is baked inside of the data. So once you look in the data, it's pretty obvious that if you create if you create unique content for each one of your personas, you'll retain people longer. You'll convert them at faster rates. And so. A big portion of where the video marketing space is headed is we're also not, gonna, not only going to be content creators and moving people through journeys, but then going back like the phone call I just had in this room over here was once this content is created, well, that's not the end of it. Then we come out to your office and train each one of your salespeople, maybe at your national sales meetings, how to use each of the individual pieces of content like a sports team, like a, a football team runs plays. I know you're in Australia. Did I use the right sport? I understand. Yeah. I was meant football like soccer. Do you guys call it football? We call it soccer. here. Yeah, but yeah. Damn. Nice I was try. trying so well. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Football for us is, is rugby. Yeah. I see. Okay. I'm sure there's plays in rugby. There's gotta be. I just don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Look, I mean, I think, you know, what you're talking about there is, is really about understanding where video fits within that full marketing funnel, that customer journey. And we've done episodes in this podcast before to break that down and how video applies to that. But, you know, so what you're saying there is really the power of creating relevant, you know, individual pieces of content that are relevant to different segments of your market, different customers and to put that in various places through the funnel. And with that, can you break that down a bit for us as far yeah. as like, particularly at the top of the funnel, right? Where you're yeah. trying to you know, hook people on emotion and build awareness of a brand that they've never heard about you before. Uh, are mm-hmm. you getting hyper relevant there or just down at the bottom of the funnel when you're ready to sell?
0: Yeah, uh, so yes is the answer with hyper relevance in, and you will notice that the hyper relevant aspects tend to be at the top of the funnel and somewhere down towards the uh, part of the funnel where you're talking about, right right when you start to approach your competitors and before you talk about your own solution, and I'll break this down for you, it'll make more sense, but yeah. the top of the funnel is mostly going to be hyper-relevant. And then as you start to get down in, into the funnel, these all these hyper-relevant paths Somewhat interconnect. Yeah. So the messaging becomes very similar because you've transitioned them and moved them through the proper um, relevant story arc. So to make it more simplified than this, at Wirebuzz we've got a five a five um, step messaging framework, and the first step is what does your prospect care about today? Right. And uh, so for an example, like our client CoolSculpting, which is a uh, they freeze off fat off of the body. People care about three different things. They care about getting rid of their double chin. They care about uh, eliminating belly fat and they also uh, and stubborn fat stubborn fat can be in a variety of different areas. So that's your hyper relevant content that you're going to use on social or on a landing page that's designed for somebody, let's say who wants to get rid of their double or triple or quadruple chin. I know you've seen those four chins. And, um, and so that that's where the page starts. Now, there's a page for the other types of people that I just mentioned. After that, after you mention what do they care about today, the double chin, then you talk to them about what the real problem is, which is stubborn fat. After you transition from the stubborn fat, the next phase is what are the competitor solutions and why do those competitor solutions, why are they inferior and not good options? And you have to annihilate the competitor solutions, and the reason is People are doing their own research online and they don't want to talk to your salespeople. So you have to provide that information. And then once you've annihilated the competitors, because if you don't annihilate the competitors, the competitors are going to tear you apart. Yeah. And um, because they're smart and savvy and they know their customers will do their own research. So after you address the competitor's limitations, that's the fourth point that comes up, which is why your solution is the best. And that fourth point is the first time you start talking about your product, followed by what are the late stage lingering questions or doubts as the fifth point. And you can see just by the conversation that we've had and using sculpting as an example, that the first one, the double chin, um, that page, becomes very similar after you know for each of their three people types of people once you start getting deeper down into that funnel so you have some economies of scale yeah yeah cool i mean that that makes sense right because
1: the ultimate goal of that top of funnel content is to hook people and to get them to pay attention and it's that to get that attention it needs to be relevant to them not Not
0: relevant to your product or your solution. Now, I'm going to throw a caveat here, okay? Because look, you and I were both very advanced in our video marketing skills. And the more advanced you become, the more you realize that there aren't any hard and true rules. So here is a, uh, I mentioned that these paths intersect only if these people are. similar. Mm-hmm. So if you're selling to like many of our clients are in the medical space and the more competitive the industry the faster they find us. So in the medical space let's say that you're talking to a specific you're talking to a surgeon that specializes in breast surgery and your other customer is maybe a um a medical oncologist that handles the chemotherapy. This is for a cancer related product. And then you've got a patient page The videos that you show are going to be different and the examples you are going to explain as you go down those journeys will be different because what motivates and inspires a breast surgeon is hearing from other famous breast surgeons about how they're using this product or technique to get better outcomes. But that messaging is totally different from what a medical oncologist wants. Medical oncologist doesn't want to even hear from breast surgeons because they're tired of them. They just want to hear from medical oncologists. And the patient, the patient really wants to hear from other patients like them who have already navigated the journey successfully. And the uh, doctors are just mentors along the way that guided them. Right. They're not the heroes of the story. So you always have to identify who is the hero of the story. And the mistake that most businesses make is they think that their product is the hero or their service is the hero. But the reality is it is your potential future customer and the story is being told by your existing customer that's raving about your product.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, and, you know, obviously the brand coming alongside as that guide or that mentor to, yeah. to yes, lead them good. through. Now, I just want to kind of maybe play devil's advocate a bit or, or raise a question that's potentially going through the minds of the listeners here when they consider this idea of hyper-relevant top-of-funnel content, you know, so I guess multiple landing pages that you're driving traffic to uh, right. to encourage people to get into the right funnel or the right stage of the funnel, right? Um, what about a business that's wanting a video on the front page of their main website. You know, obviously you can't, I mean, you could potentially have multiple videos, but that's going to split attention and people are going to get confused, right? So what what do you say to how to create that, maybe that core brand video that's on their main website? How does this
0: fit in? There's a couple of important pieces here uh, for, uh, before we disappear and get off the topic of, like a product page, because what 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 I'm hearing is there's a company and they've got multiple products. And underneath those multiple products, they've got multiple types of personas. You and I are tracking, right? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, on the product pages, historically, the marketing has been product centric, which is the fourth point on that messaging framework it's all the way down at the bottom it's like why is our product great that's where most businesses start and that's a fail because the first thing you have to do is align and be hyper relevant so now that we understand that go up one level on a navigation and now you're on a homepage for a business and if a business has one product or one service you could start that right there yeah but if a um business has like 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 think about um You know, Beats headphones, if they only had one, you could start that story right there. But but most people, most products, we don't already know that we need or want. So the story has to start higher up. And on the homepage, if you've got multiple products or multiple services, then that video should really be about the company and the mission of the company. And um, as it pertains to whoever's the the general audience watching.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, you know, that aligns to um, a lot of the, I guess, strategies and frameworks that I've shared through this podcast as well. And, you know, when you're in the, the marketing side of the funnel, it's that same kind of moving people from awareness through a phase of engagement through to conversion But then you can basically apply that same structure to more of that sales funnel, right? And that's what I think you're talking about with that relevance there. It's still the same thing if you need to not just pitch the conversion, but go through awareness engagement in that sales side of the funnel,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is why what you're... You're tracking along really well, which is why uh, listeners in my podcast rave about you in our insider group is because they've already been listening and they know that you get this and you teach it really well. And so that is part of the process. Often these paths start to intersect. And the way I look at it is, Ben, I look at it like each prospect, everything has to be prospect centric. And each prospect lives in its own universe yep. that has its own language that only speaks in that language. And you have to make sure that the language on that customer journey page it, that's relevant to that persona, it has all the right information so they go these people know me. Oh my gosh. Right. And that means you have to look at each individual prospect as being different colored aliens that can't communicate. And so in that you, and then you get the right languages and you can go down and start figuring out what the sensibilities are. But a lot of the strategy as you get deeper becomes complementary strategy. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> That's so important and, um, you know, really well explained there as well, Todd.
1: I want to just um, dive into this idea of relevance further as it, as it applies to duration of videos because, you know, I know that we've we've talked about how it, how it aligns to kind of the way Netflix kind of hook you in and that idea of you can sit down and binge watch a Netflix show for 24 hours, you know, and it's crazy and that attention can be held, Right. right? Um right. so how does that apply to how long should our videos be because I get this question all the time and I know you do yeah. as well
0: I think it's the worst co- question in video marketing because everybody's products are different mm. and everybody's the way that they service com- you know their their clients is different so I think what people ask when they um ask the how long should it be is they're looking for an average And so then now I'm averaging based on everybody else's business and then giving them a number. Instead, the way I like to look at it, by the way, that's like asking a chef, how long should it take to cook an entree?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. The chef's like, well, I mean, every entree is different. So uh, I tend to like to look at it like, how long does it take for you to communicate your, um, your value proposition? You take somebody through your sales journey before they're no, uh, before buying becomes a no brainer. Yeah. So can you do that in 30 seconds, Ben? If you can, great. Most can't. And then you might have to consider if it takes 30 minutes, like mine probably takes, I don't know, if you sit next to me on an airplane, when we get off that airplane, you are buying, but, but who's got time for an airplane, right? So, um, I way I look at it is if you can't do this in a couple of minutes, maybe you should be creating multiple videos down your customer journey and um, and then give people short tastes to bring them down through it. But it's a tricky question. And every time I answer it, people are left unfulfilled because I'm not giving them a magic number. But I think, you know, that if we gave a magic number, it would be faulty. Yeah. It's that good old answer of
1: it depends, right? (laughs) It depends.
0: Yes. And how about Seinfeld? Seinfeld said the I'm going to paraphrase because it's a long quote, but he said something like this whole idea that people have limited attention is a mistake. People either have an acknowledgement of good or bad entertainment. Yeah. And if you can entertain people like Netflix, they will sit there all day and they will forget everything else in their universe and they will keep going to the next one. And that's where we're headed as content creators. How do we make this content in the customer journey hyper relevant and move people through? And when we're talking about relevancy, Ben, are you married? I am. Yeah. All right. Cool. Me too. I got it right. Once (laughs) I went out on a date, I was hyper relevant, which meant I was interested. I made eye contact. I engaged with stories that had to do with things that she was interested in, not what I was interested in. And you know what? She wanted to go out on a second date. Oh, the first time I met her, which is like your introduction video, you know, your your um, overview video, uh, we spoke briefly. It was compelling enough to where when I talked to her the second time, she remembered my name and we had a second conversation, which then six months later, I got the nerve to ask her out. Right? So it's okay if we play the long game, as long as we're being entertaining and very few people are buying online as an impulse buy. The same is true with dating.
1: Yeah. I would say if I think about how I met and subsequently, uh, engaged my wife uh, I would say it would be like a retargeting kind of strategy so yes, I somehow, somehow exactly. pixeled her and uh and managed to serve her some new content later which uh which hooked her in so she didn't that's like me at first done, right
0: <laughs> nothing creepy about that if it
1: works no that's right that's it exactly <laughs> hey um I want to I want to kind of transition a little bit to to talk about something that I'm really passionate about as a, as a video producer and I, you know, share a lot of content with other video producers as well and I'm really passionate about the idea that video producers should be transitioning or becoming video strategists or video marketers too because the, the businesses are coming to the content producers, to the people who can make great content but they're not looking for a video, they're looking for a result, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, what do you say – that or maybe just get your thoughts on that idea first and and then I'll follow up with a question there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because in our agency, it it doesn't work that way in our agency. The strategists are digital marketing nerds and we lay out the client's strategy and um, and all the content. And then when the client buys off on, yes, I want to do this and this, and this is the budget range. Then we bring in the content creators to have conversations about each one of these videos. But the content creators are following the strategist strategy, for lack of a better word. This video needs to do this. And in this video, it needs to here's the call to action and so on, because we want to make sure that the strategy is bulletproof. Before we start layering creative on it and the saying that that um, comes from my advertising professor uh, who's the guy who came up with the term um, uh, great taste less filling for more light or or um, Frito-Lays you could eat a million but you can't have just one is it's not creative unless it sells. And so in this office, we we um, know that first comes strategy. We lay out the strategy, then becomes the creative. But that doesn't mean that creatives can't be taught strategy. Yeah. But like we see with creatives that write that create websites and they are the designers. Often they fall in love with the design over the functionality or the end goal. And if your job is to get somebody is to. Get a conversion or create return on investment. The biggest mistake that we could get is to fall um, behind uh, and have stri- have creative lead when it's really strategy's job.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, the way we position our agency is um, is a, a strategy first production agency. Um, yeah. However, you know, at at the level that we are, um, a team of two effectively in my business, we are video strategists and video producers. And I guess it is hard to wear that. those two hats at times, um, you know, and I think, you know, it's not like my full-time content producer editor who works with me, I wouldn't call him a video strategist. In fact, yeah. he is the creative, he's focused on getting the shots and is not particularly interested in the strategy. Um, right. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think, you know, you can get to a level in a, in a business where you can have different people wearing different hats. But for a lot of, uh, you know, videographers out there, one-man bands, I feel yeah. that upskilling in strategy is going to help them lead to better results for the
0: content they're creating Absolutely. for their clients. Absolutely. And, and that's why I've been banging that drum for a long time. It's, a, it's an important topic. So on that then,
1: what would you say to a business who's looking to hire the services of a video production company or yeah. agency, uh, you know, what should they be looking for in, in, the, in the right company to be choosing today?
0: Um, I'm uh, I think they need to be they need to be choosing a company that wants to talk about the end goal with as much passion as any other part of the campaign. The end goal is the most important thing. It is how that production company retains clients. And um, it's how that production company aligns. Remember, this is all about relevancy. It's how they align with the needs of their customer. And nobody's ever knocked on my door and said, hey, we need a video. And I go, "Um, oh, really, you just need a video? Uh, Do you need anything with that video? Well, what we really need, Todd, is we need ROI. Nobody's ever approached me and just said, no, we just need a video. We're good. So um, as long as you're obsessed with that end goal, then I think that's a great place to get started. Start with the end goal, lay out the strategy, how you're going to move people there and make it effortless for them to get there. And if we, you know, words are important, but people sure do cry when they have to read a page of words. So how can we make it fun or entertaining. And as long as you're obsessed with that, when you're laying out the strategy, I think that's a great way to build a production company. But most production companies don't come from the same savvy that you have. We're already thinking about, about the strategy that needs to be baked in in order to make that business owner happy at the end.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, many production yeah. companies, because they are creatives and creatives first, um, they, the end goal for them is a great looking video that they can hand over to their clients. Everyone pats them on the back and they get paid and they move on to make the next beautiful piece of video content.
0: Then we have a a large client who I have nurtured and moved across the uh, marketing landscape for 12 years. They called us up and they're whispering to me and they were like, "Kay, can we talk? I said, what's going on? She said, Hey, I think I'm going to lose my job. I said, are you okay? She said, I just spent $65,000 on a beautiful video, but nobody's converting. Can you take a look at it? And I looked at this video and it was created by somebody who honestly knows what they're doing with a camera. They know what they're doing in the editing. They actually created what I would consider something that was worthy of like an Academy Award. This guy was talented. There was no strategy. The reason nobody was converting is because the first words happened 25 seconds. Yeah. And at that point, nobody was there. So how do we grab people's attention? How do we dog whistle in the very beginning, pull their attention to them? And that starts with just being very tactical. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that
1: analogy of the dog whistle, right? The idea that the right people are going to hear that, sit up and pay attention. Everyone else is practically ignoring it. That's right. Make them wag their tail. Attention and relevance. It's an awesome place to to wrap up here, but Just uh, in final closing here, Todd, um, where can people find out more about you and uh, why Buzz? And obviously, as I said before, I encourage listeners of this podcast to jump on over and listen to Video Marketing Mastery as well. They'll certainly learn a lot. So what's the best place for people to follow you?
0: Yeah, So thank you, Ben. Uh, we've got a, uh, a company website, wirebuzz.com, W-I-R-E-B-U-Z-Z.com. And uh, I'm a, a keynote speaker, toddhartley.com. And then on social media, you can follow me on LinkedIn or on Instagram or Facebook. And I know Ben's in our Wirebuzz Instagram community. And that's a lot of fun. So there's a bunch of different places. But what we're really trying to do is just move the needle and educate people about the power of video and how it can help them close deals at faster rates.
1: Thanks, Todd. Look, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do and the insight and wisdom you shared on the show
0: today. So thanks a lot, mate. Thank you very much, my friend. Nice talking with you.
1: All right, I seriously loved having Todd on the show and I look forward to staying connected and hopefully bringing him back on the show again very soon. Let me know if that's something that you would like and maybe we can hook that up as well. So I'd love to hear from you guys, the listeners to this show. Let me know what you've thought about episode 93 with Todd um reach out to me anytime on social media at engage underscore ben on twitter or instagram or shoot me an email podcast at engage video marketing i love opening up conversation with you guys who are listening to this show so if you haven't yet subscribed to show hit that subscribe button so you get every episode as it comes out every week um and if you Have enjoyed the show, I'd love a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps kind of drive me forward and also helps this show get uh, shared by more people as well. So a review would be awesome. Just head to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and follow the prompts there. Now, before you go, a quick teaser of next week's episode. Next week, I'm actually going to be unpacking three possible video strategy business models that you might consider. So whether you're looking to work with a video marketer for your business or you're thinking about offering video marketing services in your own video production business, then this shows for you as I unpack three potential video strategy business models that you might want to consider. So that's next week on episode 94. And until then, have an awesome week and keep doing awesome videos that lead to return On investment. Take care. Oh, hey, and before I let you go, I just want to let you know that I'm very soon reopening the doors to my online video strategy blueprint course, and I'd love for you to be a part of this. So if you want to be on the early access list and be sure to know exactly when the doors are opening, head on over to www.onlinevideostrategyblueprint.com. And I can't wait to help you start your journey from video producer to video strategist in 2019. Let's do this.